Rank and File Podcast. Rank and File Podcast. Cast your rod into the ocean blue. Podcast time full of martial news. All the details, all the scoop. Staying in the loop. Whoop, shoot, doop, ba doo. We want to welcome everyone back onto the Rank and File podcast. Uh, today, we're going to be um, talking a little bit about what return to school is going to look like in terms of things like lunches. And then um, after that, we have two pretty cool interviews. So um, one of those is with a state senator who's been working really hard um, on the return to school. And then another one with um, a member of the Marshall Theater program. We're going to talk a little bit about um, how their radio uh, show is going. And then the bigger news that we have is what lunch is going to look like. So we have um, both some details and then a picture of what it's going to look like. And the way I'll describe it is basically the PSAT mixed with hockey shifts. So uh, <laughs> the cafeteria is going to have desks set up. They'll be spaced apart just like they would be, I guess, for the PSAT. That being said, you can eat in the courtyard, in the senior courtyard, which some people, I mean, some people have been doing that. Um, back back um, last year or before then. Um, and then you can also eat in the hallways. Um, so those are your options for that. In terms of the shifts, basically classes will rotate in and out. So you'll have um, your math classes will come in at the same time, 28 minutes or up, something along those lines. And then your history kids come in and then your science kids and then uh, your English kids. So it just kind of follows that um, sort of a schedule to eat in the cafeteria, which is spaced apart like that. And it's, uh, it's going to look a little different. If you want a visual of it, you can go check out. Um, there's an Instagram story on our rank and file um, Instagram, or you can also um, look at ask, ask Mr. Bello. That's Mr. Bello's Instagram page. Um, so they're just putting a bunch of school desks and chairs in there and spacing them six feet apart, which, um, you know, obviously not going to use those desks with the smaller class sizes anyways, but Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, it's definitely going to be weird, nonetheless, considering, you know, usually you would see the the giant tables and being able to sit there with your friends, but you're going to be forced to sit by your lonesome, with the exception of like the eight people around you, and anyone beyond that, you're just not even going to be able to talk to, you know. Yeah, and it kind of leads me to wonder. I I have I doubt that students are actually going like that. Everybody is going to go along with this, so I wonder how they're going to enforce it. Because I can definitely see people pushing desks together and sitting together. Oh, yeah. there's no way they're going to let that happen. It's I mean, it sounds like they're going to be really strict on it anyways. Um, uh -huh. yeah. But I can definitely see kids at least trying that, testing that at the start. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my, like, I think we all know what's going to happen is if they, if they let kids eat in the hallways in the senior courtyard, everyone is going to go there. Mm -hmm. All right, the whole point of this is to have distancing. But if mm -hmm. you have an option where people don't have to distance, people aren't going to distance. Right. Like the, one of the main reasons that people want to go back is so that they can see their friends. Yeah. If you give them an option where they can see their friends during lunch, which is a time where you can do whatever people are going to do that. Right. And that's, that's probably why most people are just going to be in the hallway instead of in the cafeteria. Cause who would want to sit in that? Right. Yeah. I mean, one of the best part about lunch is not actually eating the food, but who you're eating the food <laughs> with, you know, it's the uh, social aspect of lunch that actually makes it um, like a really nice break in the middle of your school day. But obviously that's not going to be able to happen to its, uh, 
best extent for the uh, new in-person learning plan that they have. Right, now we're going to send it over to our colleague, Matthew Savage, who has an interview uh, with Virginia State Senator Chuck Peterson, uh, who has been working with Governor Northam and uh, the Virginia State Legislature to try and mandate uh, school districts to have a return to school. I'd like to welcome State Senator Chap Peterson of Virginia's 34th District onto the Rank and File podcast. Senator Peterson represents the 34th District, which includes a large chunk of the George C. Marshall High School attendance zone. Senator Peterson is also a member of the Senate Health and Education Committee. Uh, we'd just like to, Senator Peterson, we're very grateful to have you. Could you talk a little bit a little bit about your work to reopen schools? In terms of reopening schools, I probably back last spring when the governor first ordered the schools closed, I, I had some major concerns about keeping schools closed for longer than a few weeks. Uh, just you know the, the deficits that were gonna happen remote learning, special education children, um, just, you know, all of the lack of student activities, drama, sports socialization, you name it. So th this was on my, kind of on my radar screen. And, and then it, initially, Fairfax County Public Schools was going to reopen. And then, of course, they, they backtracked on that plan in August. And uh, that, you know, that was upsetting. I was hoping they were going to reopen in the fall. And it became evident that they weren't going to reopen at all in the fall. And so what I did was in December, I started calling other people in the state side and saying, look, we're going to go back in session in January, and the number one order of business is we got to get the schools reopened. I mean, this is unacceptable. I mean, I can't imagine having a year off from school. Remote learning is not the same. It's not the same in terms of content academically. It's not the same in terms of social experience. It's not the same in terms of all of the things that make high school important. So we're not going to agree to a state budget until they reopen schools. We're not going to fund the school system that's, that's physically closed. And I started getting people to agree to that. And then on January, I think it was 11th or 12th, it was our first day back in session. And myself and Siobhan Donovan and Joe Morrissey held a press conference, in which we basically said, look, we're not voting for a state budget unless it agrees to reopen schools. I, mean, I don't know how plain to make it. Um, you know, the governor wanted to spend a lot of money on schools, K through 12 schools, and raise teacher salaries and uh, give a lot of uh, additional funding because we've gotten all this money from the federal government. And I've been talking to the governor's team all the way along. I actually talked to the governor himself a couple of days later. And, uh, you know, I said, Governor, you, you know, you need to take a strong stand on this. Uh, we talked about it very candidly. And uh, he took a strong stand on that Friday, which was February 5. He came out and said he expects all schools to be open March 15th. Uh, you know, that's all schools. So not, not just half of them, not 60% of them, but all school divisions will be open March 15th. And of course, that, that's that's the last thing. I mean, that, nothing to keep from, from uh, starting earlier. So since that time, I think you see politically there's been really a sea change now the house of delegates came out with their own plan before they would they wouldn't commit now today they came out with their own reopening plan i haven't looked at the details i'm not quite sure how it's different than the senate um but regardless
either way. I think now we've got pretty much all bodies of government on the same page, which is then the schools have to reopen. Um, it's just it, it's a critical part of the educational process. We're not going to do remote learning anymore like we've done it. Um, you know, people want the option of remote learning. They can exercise that. Candidly, I think that'll probably be less than 10% of the population once schools actually open. Yeah, you've mentioned a lot about state funding. Uh, I wanted to ask the Fairfax County Democratic Committee, your, your local party chapter in November called on, and I'm quoting here, Democratic state legislators to refrain from coercing the Fairfax County School Board to change their school reopening plan by threatening to cut their budget. So how have you dealt with this backlash within your own party? You know, my focus is on the kids, and at the end of the day, um, the kids go back to school, the kids are educated. I mean, I, any, any worthwhile political goal, you're going to get criticism, and I don't mind it, but the bottom line is I'll use whatever tools necessary to represent the kids. We now welcome Becker Spear. He is a part of the production Mackie Now from Statesman Theater. You can check them out at statesmantheater.org. All right. So uh, Becker, I saw that you are playing two roles in this play. What is that like? It was really interesting because we would film in by episodes. So there are nine episodes and we would film by episodes. And for every episode that you're not in, obviously you don't have to go. But, um, you know, the fact that it's a radio play makes it so that you have to have very clear distinctions between the roles that you play. Because if you um, don't do that, then you're just going to sound like Becker two times in a row. And then you're going to be like, oh, the adding clerk is also the prosecuting lawyer. No, that doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, I had to really work on like trying to find a clear distinction between the two roles I was playing. Um, but I was also kind of blessed in the sense that they were so far away from each other and Bushino's being being um, shown in like three separate weeks. So by the time we get to the third week with, where my second role appears, they will have maybe already forgotten about the role I had played in episode one. So, but there are some people who, you know, played two characters back to back. So that's pretty challenging, you know? They have to find two very distinct voices. Yeah, it's gotta be a pretty interesting audition process. Um, what was that like? Thinking back to the audition process, you auditioned for a role, I'm aware, like, from what I'm remembering. And um, he, you auditioned with your face off because it's a radio play and he just wanted to hear you because what's the point of seeing you as well if they're not going to see you in the real production? And um, based off like how you sounded in the audition, no matter if like you auditioned for one role, like if he heard you as a different character, he would put you in that role. Um, there are people who sounded like older, just like naturally when they speak. So they were casted as like, older people like Mr. Jones, who's the male leads played by Joseph Long. He has like the deepest voice I've ever heard of in my life. 
So obviously, like he's going to be, you know, the villain, you know? So it was very like calculated, I think. Was this kind of like a, um, because we're virtual, kind of like a last hurrah for seniors? Because are you guys doing any other productions? Yes, we are. We're doing a musical called Working the Musical, which will premiere, I think, in May. And so I don't necessarily think that Machinal was a last hurrah um, because, you know, people were cast. Not only one person was cast in both shows. So people were either cast and called out the improv play that premiered in November or Machinal. And then almost everybody who auditioned for working got in. So yeah, almost everybody who auditioned for working got in to kind of show that, you know, last hurrah situation. I think that'll feel more like full circle and like, you know, the end of like a chapter in my life, if, I, if you will. <laughs> That's awesome. So what, how is that play going to work then? If you like, are you Which guys going to actually- or, or working? Machinal or working? Oh, working. Oh, okay. That one's interesting. So now that, FCPS is somewhat opened. Um, we got the rights to use the auditorium. So what that means is that the characters who have songs, some characters have songs, some characters have monologues. And we have to go, we're actually getting to perform it on stage, which is really awesome because I was kind of worried that like, I wouldn't be able to do that. And like, you know, that's what people like to do when they sign up for shows like this like to perform on stage and even if it's not like in front of an audience it's really cool mr DeLeo has set up a green screen on the stage so since we all have a different profession um our we're gonna be in costume for our role and he's gonna put up like whatever our job is like i think my character is an elderly care person and the background's gonna be like a senior home which just sounds weird but like I'm really hoping it turns out well. That is exciting. And then for the people who decided to say fully virtual, he's literally mailing them green screens, which I think is like oh my God. really crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and he's gonna like send a tutorial about how to set it up. So I mean, I really could not tell you how the production is gonna go because we haven't started rehearsals yet. I think those start next week. But um I mean, I, I, I know they put a lot of effort into thinking about how to put it together. Um, the, the audio, the songs are gonna be filmed on a platform called Soundtrap. And we're gonna be um, singing, recording ourselves by ourselves, like in our room, singing there. And then we're gonna be filming separate videos, like lip syncing to the ensemble numbers. Our solo songs, like I have a duet with another, with a sophomore named Leah. And um, we are like singing our solos live with mics in the auditorium, but like the ensemble numbers were filmed at our house. All right, we want to thank everyone for listening to the Rank and File podcast. We will keep you guys up to date on here and also on the Rank and File Instagram page at Rank and File, um, especially as return to school continues to progress. Um, as you guys know, um, Marshall teachers will be coming back next week and then uh, eventually certain classes as well as uh, starting with uh, ninth and 12th graders um, in two weeks.
Rank and File Podcast. Rank and File Podcast. Cast your rod into the ocean blue. Podcast time full of martial news. All the details, all the scoop. Stay in the loop. Whoop.